What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Graveyard. I'm The Graveyard Gamer. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Graveyard Gaming. And in this episode, we are going to talk about some of my favorite gaming environments. I'm also going to explain why I believe it is so important and vital to have a great environment in a game, especially if you've got a single-player game that's about storytelling. And then I'm going to give examples of single-player games that actually nailed that environment, and it really became part of the game. I'll talk about my graveyard shift, including a new segment called Classic Sundays, and I will be giving out my shout-out of the month. So with that being said, guys, why do game environments matter so much to storytelling? Gamers, why do environments matter so much? Easy enough, I'll tell you right now. It's because they help tell the story as much as any character and as any story plot. They're the background. Ultimately, it is the glue that holds the game together. Think of it this way. If in GTA 3, the game would have taken place in a suburb, and there had just been a couple buildings here or there or whatnot, that game would not have been as impressive. And it's because the whole plot of that game was you were a nobody in a city trying to make yourself into somebody. And they used the city to show their comedy and all that stuff, and it became such a big part of the culture that people couldn't believe, A, this massive city you could run around in, and the way Rockstar was able to really use that city to affect that character. And we've only seen it grow since then. See, these environments, it's what draws us in. Now, developers do sometimes get caught up in the size, and they'll start talking about, oh man, look how big this game is. Our game world is so massive. And what they kind of forget is, you know what, it ain't about how big that environment is. It's about how you use it. And yes, there's probably a joke that could be made about that, but I'm going to steer clear of that because this is a family show. But at the end of the day, environments matter. Have you ever been walking around in a game and they have the notes and you pick the note up and that really kind of sits the deal of something happening here? Or, and trust me, I'm going to get into a lot of examples of these things, but it's just the way you see buildings or the way you see different things going on in the woods that you look and you go, man, something happened here. And you can almost start to form that little side story in your mind of wondering what's going on. Maybe it's something that just makes you go, you know what, dude, I've got to go look over there. Another great example is I was playing through Assassin's Creed Valhalla, as you guys know, and there's so many times that you'd come across some ancient ruins, and I would just be like, man, why did they put this in the game? What are they trying to tell me? Because I am thinking a lot of thoughts that I can only question if it's true. So with that being said, guys, I want to go through some of my favorite environments and talk about them, and then I'll give you examples of how games use those so well. So gamers, I'm going to start off with my favorite environment, and that is a forest. I love a forest, heavily wooded place. There's just something about the woods in general that can play into so many different things. One, I'm a fan of 80s action movies, and I just think about like the Predator and Commando, and a lot of the times they were set in big wooded areas. There's just something about it. I mean, if you think about from a gameplay standpoint, Woods and forests, man, they allow you to have cover everywhere. They allow you to potentially climb through the trees. Not to mention, you guys ever just been in the woods by yourself? It can get kind of freaky. So they add to a horror element as well that you could kind of place a game in there and go, man, what is happening? Between resource collecting and all the different options, a forest really just draws me in. It's because of all the stories I've heard as a child, you know, Hansel and Gretel and all these different things. When a game takes place in a forest, I just immediately get on edge. All right, what's going to happen here? Is there some kind of animals I need to be careful for? Is there some bad guys? Like, I just love 
the foliage. I love to see the trees. There's just something about it that I absolutely love. And I love when a game takes place in forest, man. It's just there's already a sense of mystery there. Now, in real life, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I absolutely hate snow. Like I snow is like the worst thing in the world to me. And I know Hulking Yoda over at Lost at Sea Gaming, a gaming podcast right here on Anchor, is probably laughing about that because he knows where I am living at this moment. But in a gaming world, snow can be used in such a great way to tell a story. Now, if it's just a cold place and there's snow on the ground, hey, that's not really going to matter. But when you think of certain games that can use snow to do something that I call the claustrophobic effect, Think about a game when it's snowing. First off, if you ever lived somewhere it snows, you know that one, the brightness of the snow can kind of like make you close your eyes and look away. Well, when a game does this, and especially when I'm talking about later technology that we've seen at the end of the PS4, Xbox One era, moving into the PS5, Series X, when you walk through snow and things get moved, the snow displaces in these latest few games. And I really think that just kind of draws you and it makes it more realistic. On top of that, it just seems like it just never goes away. Think about it. If you throw a body down in the snow and the snow just displaces instead of just kind of staying there and the body landing on it, it just feels real. It feels like, man, this snow is everywhere. You feel like you just can't get away from it. Plus, if developers are smart, they do little things. Like they have the breath coming out of your character's mouth show up on screen. They have the snow in the trees, almost like a crystallization of it, just like on the ground where the wind is blowing. And what that does is, to me at least, as somebody who's... As much as I hate snow, I had to live a lot in the snow, it just feels like I am never going to get away from this. And when a game can capture that, with all those little details, it just feels that way. I mean, the displacement alone, I go back to that because I think about walking through snow in games, and you just go, oh my word, <laughs> like I just can't get away from it. I love that. I just It just draws me. It's one of those little things that really just get me in there. And I think about what the dual sense can do when we get into snow and how it could probably make it a little bit more tenser to get your character to get through some of this stuff. Man, snow is just one of those things I hate in real life, but I love to see it in games. And I'm going to tell you another one. I love to see a big city. In real life, it's not like snow where I hate big cities, but man, when I go to a big city, for example, I went to Dallas a few months ago with the big tall buildings. I'm not used to that. So for me, it's almost like, whoa, like you get vertigo just looking up. But man, when you're in a game with a big city, man, that is a huge piece of that story. You start to wonder what's around every bend. And developers, when they're smart, they make each section a little different than others. And they can really make it like, hey, this group owns this part. I was playing through Watch Dogs Legion recently, going through London. That city became a character of itself because, man, it is so massive. So many different sights and sounds. And when you have a big city, again, like I just said, you can... Use each area to kind of make things different. Maybe this is where the Ritzy people live. Maybe this is the normal office area. Maybe a lot of poor people live in this area. You can just make that city such a character. When you're, It becomes, hey, if I'm in this area, I know to look out for this or that. Without the game telling you there's enemies around, just because you know, hey, this is the bad part of town. Now, with that being said, let me say that I love a game that takes a big city and turns it into ruins. That post-apocalyptic type feel now you can't just have rubble everywhere i mean that works but it, it it's one thing what i'm talking about is when you use that rubble you use that buildings you use all that to go man 
bad stuff happened here. Recently playing through Wolfenstein, when you went to certain parts in America, you would see the fallout of the bombs and the war as rubble is just everywhere as you go around stuff. To me, again, that is filling in that story that we didn't really get to play as. We only read notes here or there, but now you're seeing it in person. You're seeing the fallout and the damage and all of those things. And I love that, man. It just, again, it's just now gripping me in that, hey, this is a depressing world they're living in. Or where you live in a game where society has moved on, but you still have those ruins everywhere that you just go, man, like, how did they get past that? How did they get past the fall of electricity? But here they go. They're doing it. And then I want to talk about time pieces. Because for me, when you can set a game in a different decade and it truly feels that way, man, there is something to be said about that. It is so cool when you see that successfully done. For example, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. When that game came out, as somebody who was a child of the 80s and grew up in the 90s, when I sat there and I started playing that game in 2004, it brought me back to my childhood. It brought me back to my teenage years because absolutely had that vibe like you feel like you're playing in the 90s two years ago when i played through it again i felt man this just feels like it is straight out of the 90s the designs of the houses even to the way people talk to the clothes like all of that like it matters because again now i'm not just thinking about playing this game and when i replayed it in 2019 i'm thinking of playing this game in the 90s like i'm transported back there and it just makes what's being said in the story make that much more relevant thoughts to you. I mean, it really just draws you in. The same thing could be said if I'm looking at timepieces, you're looking at different decades, and I love a good Western because it just takes us back to a time when things are much simpler. I love that when you get a Western game. We don't get enough of them, but when we do get one, like Gun or something like that, it just really sucks me in. Uh, for example, the first Red Dead Redemption. That was a breath of fresh air. How long had it been since we got a, a Western? Oh, man. And to get in there and to get in that first little town of Armadillo and just kind of walk around and see what's happening, like it just it just feels cool, man. We don't get to see that. That's something that I'll never get to explore. So I love timepieces. I love a game that's just set in a certain time and it just fully embraces that. Now, that being said, guys, let's talk about some of these games that did these areas the best. All right, gamers, let's start right off with the forest. I talk about how I love that. First one that comes to mind is Rise of the Tomb Raider. I'm going to tell you, that forest to me was so amazing. I mean, early in the game, you're having to skate people. You're having to build traps. You're having to climb through trees. Oh, man. Like, yeah, they could have used any scenario they wanted to, but the fact that it was in woods, to me, just added to it. Then you go to, once you get a little farther in the game, and you kind of get that big open hub world that you're living in, and it's all forest. And again, with forest, there's so many different things you could build and create and just see that, man, I was just so into that game. And I 100% believe the woods really kind of helped me get sucked into it because it just feels right for an action game. Now, when I talk about snow, I got to tell you, one that really kind of did it for me was Until Dawn. Until Dawn takes place in a wintertime on a mountain and there's snow everywhere and you're walking through it and you can hear it crunch and that can be used to let you know enemies are around. But it's cold and unforgiving. So again, I'm drawn into the fact that it's cold and unforgiving because that makes me feel like, oh, you're already miserable. And you got the air of the breath. You got the snow being displaced when you walk through that. Man, I'm telling you, it just made it feel like this is my worst nightmare. This is absolutely my worst nightmare. It's dark. It's cold. Oh. Now when I get to City Ruins, there really can be only one game that just pops in my mind so fresh. 
And you could pick either one of these, but I'm going to go with the first one, and that is The Last of Us. And the reason I say that is because, point blank, The Last of Us knew how to use its environments to show you some really depressing things. I remember going through the sewer tunnels. That is one that I always stick out because that is not part of the story. There's nothing of what happened in those sewer tunnels have anything to do with Joe or Ellie. It's not a part of it that you need to know. But you can find these notes around. And you can see how a community started to thrive. And then someone got sloppy and some of the infected got in. And it just took the entire community down. And man, when you get into the nursery and all the dead kids, oh. But again, these are things that you don't even have to know. You just kind of find because of how they use the environment. And it reinforces this is a depressing world. Society has moved on, but they have still not recovered. Oh, man, that's just heartbreaking. Big cities, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm thinking of Grand Theft Auto San Andreas from GTA V because I just thought they did a great job of not only giving you this massive city that they had so many parodies in. I mean, it really felt like L.A. Then they included all the little towns around, and I just thought that was great because that really is how it is. You have a big city, and you have these little smaller towns for people that don't want to live in the city. But I thought it was great. Because again, they really made you feel like, hey, this is California. This is hippies. This is yoga people. Where the people are going to be hiking all over the place. So for me personally, I love that. But if I also got to give them credit, I got to give Rockstar credit for Liberty City. Specifically, I know I mentioned GTA 3, but specifically Liberty City in Grand Theft Auto 4. They use the verticality. They use the different burrows. They use the different way things look in different areas so perfectly well that it made it just feel like a grimy city story. Like I just I felt like they used the perfect city, the perfect setting to tell the story they were trying to tell, and it just enhanced it. But also another game that I have to give big cities to is Camarocho from the Yakuza game. Now, Camarocho is not massively overgrown. But tell me if you have spent any time in a Yakuza game, or even Judgment, that Kamurocho is not part of that character of the game. I mean, it absolutely is. Kamurocho is amazing, and it really never changes design too much from the 80s of Zero to the present game, because ultimately, it is the same city. There's, you know, might be different locations, but different people own different areas different buildings are run by different members and you just know and they use it so well because if you get to the end of yakuza kiwami you know certain things happen causing damage that when you play kiwami 2 you can see the fallout of that damage i love the way they handle that but guys if i'm going to talk about time pieces the best example of a timepiece game to me is vice city because vice city did not just use miami like, yeah, they nailed the feel of Miami. And you could say, hey, if you want to talk about Miami for a setting, they nailed it. But what Vice City did so amazing was they made it feel like 1980s Miami. Between the music, which everybody knows with that soundtrack, to the neon, to the way the cars look, to the way people were dressed, to the way people talked. Like, all of it just felt like 1980s. And you threw in Miami because that's probably one of the best cities to get an example of the 80s. And man. That setting just made that game so amazing. For the longest time, it was my favorite Grand Theft Auto game because partly and in a good bit because of how well they use that environment. And then I talked about Westerns. Gamers, let's be real. Red Dead Redemption 2. 
And let me tell you how they did it. One, they had the woods and environment, and it felt real. It felt like you could just see stuff from the, the late 1800s. Then you go into different towns, and what's really cool is those towns are reflecting change. The game is about change, the end of the outlaws, the beginning of the Federals. And you could just see that with different buildings being built. And then you go into St. Denis, and St. Denis is actually becoming a full-on town. And you're starting to see progress and the growth of things. Old plantations are torn down and become crumbled as that way of life is ending. Guys, I loved it. Rockstar absolutely knew, hey, we want to make a Western. We have to make the world it is feel like a Western. And they even did that with a lot of the colors they had. I absolutely loved it. In fact, guys, you know I love Red Dead Redemption 2. You could say between Westerns, the forest and woods that they use, and the snow. Like, they nailed it with so many different settings. So gamers, let's talk about the graveyard shift. What have I been playing over the last week? Well, you know what? I managed to complete not only Watch Dogs Legion, not only The Forest, but also UFC 4. So there are three reviews coming out over the next couple weeks, including a fourth one coming this Wednesday with Wolfenstein The New Colossus. So I won't be talking too much about those games, but I will say I started Control, and I gotta say, I am loving the gameplay, and of course, the environment. It's really cool. It reminds me of Loki. If you've seen that new Marvel miniseries where you sit there and you go, man, like, what decade is this game set in? That's how I feel about this. Uh, but I, you know what? I honestly could not tell you a whole lot about the story. It's still kind of one of those things that I'm trying to figure out. I've started to pick up different pieces. But I love the collectibles in this game because they really do a lot of world building and filling you in. I've got a few ideas. We'll see what happens. It really, really makes me want Remedy to remake or just port Alan Wake to the PS5. I love the game on 360. I know Remedy got the rights back to Alan Wake, so I'd love to see it put on Sony's consoles. And it really makes me hope that at some point we see a sequel, especially since they're starting to do a lot of world building. I think it's awesome. Now, I will be honest, I came really close to trying out Persona 5 and getting back into Ghost of Tsushima, maybe even starting Yakuza 3, but I don't know, guys. I know it's one of my gaming goals of this year is to start having more than one focal game, but I just couldn't do it. I want to make sure I give Control enough time and effort and energy into it that I, I know the controls. I'm you know, not just going to bounce off and kind of get invested in something and not want to come back to it. I do feel like I'm strong enough invested into control that I could start something else, but I just I just haven't pulled the trigger to do it yet. I will try though. I've also played a good bit more of Ratchet and Clank Size Matters on the PSP. I'm definitely enjoying that game. But gamers, it is time to talk about a new segment that I'm going to be using moving forward, and it's called Classic Sunday. Now what that means is on Sundays, I like to take a few hours and just go back to an old school game that I haven't played in a while. Maybe some games that I haven't played at all, but we're talking PS3, PS2, something old. And this past Sunday, I got a chance to play not one, but two games, both on the PS2. The first one I played was Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb. Gamers, I'm a huge Indiana Jones fan, as you guys know. I could not wait to try this game again because when this game came out in 2003, I loved it. And playing through it now, I absolutely see why. It is very much a product of its time when you look at the graphics and the gameplay and stuff. But the thing is, they did such a great job. This 2003 game, once you get kind of that initial, whoa, this is what it looks like and this is how it controls, it just feels right. The graphics look pretty good. I definitely enjoyed it. I played through the first level. It took me actually a couple hours, man. It was really well done. And man, 
the anxiety of dealing with that giant crocodile. If you guys remember that level, oh, it was still here all these years later. Now, what was the other game I played? That was X2 Wolverine's Revenge. Gamers, I have Wolverine tattooed on my arm. I was super excited for X2 when it came out. I was very excited for this game. And I remember loving that this game was not a tie-in to the movie in the sense that it was retelling any part of it. This was a true comic book fans game, and I absolutely loved it. I had so much fun playing through, I'll say about half of the first level last Sunday. I'm hoping to get into it some more, but man... I just, I can't wait to see some more of these villains to really get into both of these games. And yes, I do plan on doing retro reviews on both of these games when I get done with them, as well as a review for Ratchet & Clank Size Matters when I finish that game as well. And gamers, it is time for the shout out of the month. And you know what? It's crazy to say because it doesn't feel like it's been out for over a year, but I gotta say, The Last of Us 2 is gonna get that nod. I just thought the story, the main missions, they just stay in my head. I've been seeing it pop up on Time Hop. I keep thinking about certain missions that were just so well done. Seattle Day 2. Ah, just, oh, it just pops in my head. I just love it. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Good stuff there. So, guys, that is definitely my shout out of the month, The Last of Us 2. Well, gamers, with that being said, I would love to know what are your thoughts on environments? What is your favorite gaming environment? And what game do you think really nailed the environment? Please let me know. TheGraveyardGamer at gmail.com. TheGraveyardGamer on Instagram, where I'm always posting these time hop pics. And TheGraveyardG on Twitter. Until next time, guys, I'll be creeping around the graveyard. Mm -hmm.